Hi, this is Ashley Farode and you're listening to Behind the Bio, the podcast about the people behind the professions. Vanessa Howes is my guest on this particular occasion, who is an interior designer, and she works at Paul Till's Architecture on predominantly residential projects. Vanessa and I deep dive into various aspects of interior design. We talk about the differences to styling, we talk about fads and how to avoid them, what is actually classic, the kind of relationships that you have to build with clients on a truly and deeply psychological level to make the whole entire thing work, and ultimately what she really loves about the job. That is what occupies the first 40 minutes or so of the podcast. However, the last 20 minutes or so, we focus in on how Vanessa got to where she is and the journey that she's taken in her life to change from one particular career to another. And that is of interest to anybody that's thinking of interior design, but also to anyone who's thinking of a career change at some point in their lives. I'd like to thank the Coordinate Group for making this and all of the podcasts possible. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Vanessa Howes on Behind the Bio. Hi Vanessa, how are you going? Good Ashley, how are you? Very good, thank you for making the time to have a chat with me. Pleasure. I know I've been hassling you for a couple of months now to try to find (laughs) a moment in our busy lives. (laughs) So to introduce you a little bit, do you want to kind of tell me, if you're at a party and people don't know you on the odd occasion, how do you introduce yourself? What do you usually say? Oh, I I would probably just say that I'm an interior designer. Okay. And... um, and then, you know, typically leads to, ah, that's great. And I think probably one of the first things that people tend to not totally understand about interior design mm. is they think you're a sort of like a decorator. Like a stylist. So, like a stylist or, um, you know, like someone who comes in afterwards and buys cushions. And, yeah. and, uh, and in fact, one of the first things that I was taught at school was there's a difference between interior designer slash, say, interior architect and, and, a, and a decorator. You, you're not here to fluff up cushions or <laughs> pick a cushion. It was <laughs> quite, I remember sort of, you know, like the first class, the, the teacher was quite adamant about, you know, knowing the difference between that. And um, and so, yeah, so, you know, after then people say, oh, so, you know, <laughs> what couches? And, yeah, you I mean, know, <laughs> you know they typically will go to, well, I've got this room and, <laughs> you know, where would you put the sofa? Of course. And it's like, and, and, not that that's not obviously part of, you know, like a whole design process. Um, you'd be lying if, if you, you know, when you're planning out a room, of course you plan out where sofas go and, and things like that. But coming down to choose it is, yeah. you know, eventually sort of where you get to if, if your, you know, you, your dealings with the clients go that far. Yeah. But typically it's about just designing every piece of joinery and layout in within a room, you know, joinery benches and, um, you know, wardrobes, everything, you know, your bathroom layout all of that sort of stuff. So it's, it really is the interior architecture yeah. of a home. Yeah. And so probably the best way I could summarize it is the difference between a stylist and an architect or interior designer is essentially that you're looking at the structure, the bones, the physical makeup of the room, and also how that can be modified at particular stages of the build process. Yeah. And then you start working with what would go in there in order to make that a functional, beautiful Absolutely. You know, room. Absolutely. Yeah, a stylist the- is more about the end touches of yeah, that, Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. You know, when they – and, and you know, stylists work, work in a lot of different ways. They might come in um, once a client's moved into a home and, and you know, help them select the art and, you know, um, the sofa, the rugs, all of that sort of yeah. stuff. I mean, we're finding that we actually are doing more and more of that, um, you know, like – 
the clients become quite heavily invested in how it looks and and sort of once when I start the design process as well with you know because we work in 3D initially with the clients designing all the um the joinery pieces and I'll add furniture and and they become kind of invested in how it looks as well and and by the end I end up helping pretty much every client by the rugs the sofa um you know we have a lot of contacts with furniture places of course very good relationships with the ones here in Canberra Sydney Melbourne Mm. Perth wherever um so so yeah I'm finding more and more that that is also you know the decorating part is also you know part of the process yeah and and we're you know we're obviously love the idea of from architecture to interior to decoration as well we, we like the whole thing and you know we get a bit involved in landscaping as well yeah. you know as and in the office um not that we're too busy for that but <laughs> but you know like it's it, it is all part of of the whole creation of a house would i be like. right in saying that for example um when people are getting their home or the property ready to be sold they tend to employ stylists. Yes, yes, that's right. They don't tend to employ interior designers for that, right? No, no. Exactly. That, that's so that's a good way of understanding yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that's right. So, I mean, you know, the styling or the decorating. I mean, I think you'll probably find that there's interior decorators who are quite specific to decoration. So they will come and help people with sofas and, yep. and you know, maybe people are calling themselves stylists in, in, the, in that field more as well. But then there's obviously people who come and style for photo shoots. and um, It's got a broader meaning in that respect. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we have someone, I'll give a shout-out to Jane from Bijou Home, who has helped me on, you know, one or two photo shoots. And, you know, she does she does great work. And I think she does have a service that, you know, comes in and buys art and, yep. and you know, selects furniture for people. And she's got a great eye. Um, so that, you know, like that is very helpful for us in the photo shoot as well. And, and I guess probably more and more, you know, what I, I'm very invested in clients having that final product. And, and then, you know, like by the time we photo shoot their house, everything sort of, you know, become invested in how good it all looks um, holistically as well. So yeah, no, we, we, it's hard to know where to stop because I do love every aspect of design. You can just keep on rolling on. Yeah. yeah. I love furniture. I love, yeah. you know, I love all of it really. What, what about the other way around? Because I, I would have thought that, you would, and I'm sure you do, have a very good understanding of architecture, even though you're not an architect yes, per se. Yeah, definitely. Do do you tend to also kind of almost go in your passion the other way and get I quite do. involved with this? I, I, get, I get. I think Paul definitely say I get heavily involved in my opinions on the architecture, sure. um, and and part of an interior designer's job in an architecture practice as well is to you know obviously materials of, mm. you know, of the house like the brick the you know the cladding all of that sort of stuff so it's about the external as well as the internal and we like to have that the external really kind of marries in with the internal you know it's quite important for us that that the two you know synchronize really well um so yes i I definitely have you know my opinions on the form and passions go both ways yeah oh absolutely and and you know that that's part of why i actually love working in an architecture practice rather than just being the you know like being out on my own and just only being an interior design office i mean i i definitely think that the interior design part is you know the fun part and quite quite often you know the clients will have a chuckle and say well now we get to the fun part Mm. um because most people associate a lot of you know when they come with ideas for a house a lot of them you know have images of the inside 
So this is how we want out, and, you know, with a couple of, you know, yeah. images of the outside. So, you know, once that whole process of getting the right floor plan, covering everything you want, um, you know, getting that external look, the inside is just, you know, the part where, mm. you know, it brings a lot, a lot more joy, I suppose, because it is the part that you're seeing every day and you're living. And so all your pieces of joinery, your built-in joinery, you know, the finishes, the materials, it's all, you know, very personal. Mm. It becomes a bit more personalised. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people love that part. And, um, but, you know, and for us, I, I just really enjoy the whole process that we, you know, we have the architecture, then we go to the interior design and then, you know, and then it might continue on to actually then helping them specify furniture. Like it's, it's just, yeah, you know, it's a lovely involvement. And, you know, all of our clients are just really lovely people. Like I, I can really honestly say that they're lovely people to deal with and and you know you become very invested in you know them Them, having all the lovely pieces that you know that they can well you know the different you know levels of what they can afford you know that all matters in the end as well and and just working with you Mm. know what's going to work for for people it's yeah it's a it's a really satisfying part of the job the end product I always kind of thought too that um the interior design aspect and and i guess even if you get into styling as well is also the bit that's by far easier to change architecture you know well if it's set well and once it stays like that for a long time yeah yeah, if not it requires change you know there's obviously a lot of refurbishments and renovations Mm. taking place but if we really think of the way most people kind of tend to redo their homes it's mostly around the interior design space you know in terms of changing bathrooms and kitchens and changing decor as opposed to the structure of the house which is by far more well, that's right. That's harder right. to do. That's right. So there is some fluidity within that, which I think is exciting because yeah. you tend to have changed more often. Now, I'm sure some architects would probably <laughs> argue with me here because they could say, oh, hang on. Same with houses, though. That's what happens in extensions and so forth. Sure. But we tend to, as a society, do less of those than we tend to in terms of changing well, they, decor yeah, and mood. Probably and stuff. because they tend to be more expensive. Exactly. You know, the, the, yeah. the more you start looking at sort of something structurally and and adding something always costs a lot more money. Yeah. And um and you know, and at the moment the the market is just so crazy with um building prices going up that, you know, a, an extension is just as expensive as as, you know, probably knocking down and building a new house in certain aspects. But um but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, like I mean, we obviously like to think that we try to design something that is timeless, but nothing is timeless forever. Yeah. And and you know what and we try to certainly you know, be of the moment, but not too defined by that moment. So, you know, we'd like to think that, you know, there's a timeless aspect to the design that you can add certain things to update it. Um, but, but it's not something that you, you know, you want to knock over in five years time. So, you know, like we'd like to think that there's more longevity than that. And, um, and, you know, and everyone likes to think something's their forever home, but nothing is, <laughs> nothing is forever. Um, but, you know, we'd like to give it a good go that it can last, you know, like a certain amount of time. Actually, it's, that's a really good way to talk about something that I really did want to ask you about. And that is this balance between finding things that are current, let's just mm. say, but also have longevity in the Absolutely. sense that you don't have to change it. So the idea of fads versus something that is that is classic or perhaps um, that, that has resilience in terms of time and, and yeah. passage of fads. I mean, it's very similar if you think of the fashion world, though mm. that moves probably a little bit quicker. But you, we all can think of a classic fashion piece that's just yeah. lasted the test Absolutely. of time. But with homes and specifically interior design, tell me a little bit, about your theory around this, because I think a lot of people get caught in this trap where subconsciously or even without knowing, 
we get caught into thinking that what is currently in is the best that it can be, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the benefit of hindsight, 10 years later, whatever else, we kind of realize, oh, actually, I really yeah, fell into the trap of what everybody uh, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you try to arm yourself in such a way that your perspective has that one hand on the current and one hand on what will essentially yeah. last? Yeah, I mean, that that's something that you juggle all the time with. Um, I like to use – I mean – I don't mind a fad if it's a it's a timeless material. <laughs> sure. You know, marble, terrazzo. I mean, you know, like obviously terrazzo has been this sort of had had a big comeback. Yep. But I mean, as I say to clients, so if you love terrazzo, it might dip in and out as being you know the hottest thing of the time, but it's still a timeless material. So you know, commit yourself to terrazzo. I don't think it's going to be mm. out, and if it's out. Next year, it's going to be back in again because it's just such a timeless material. And um, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I love using natural materials. And but, you know, we always have a budget and and all of that to consider as well. So, depending on the client, you know, like if we can use as much natural materials as possible, we will use that marbles, um, terrazzo, mm. which, I are, love which are classic use- elements, right? That's cla- what you're saying. They're yeah. all classic elements, and yeah. and I think you know, like as bold as you want to be. You know, colour can sometimes be limiting with mm. time. Um, so if you pick a terrazzo, that's probably something that's a little bit more timeless, like a grey tone or something like that. Obviously, that's going to last for quite a long time. Um, so I don't have issues with things like that where people go, oh, terrazzo, oh, you know, will we get sick of it? It's like, well, do you love terrazzo to look at? Um, terrazzo is very classic. It's, yeah. it's very classic, yeah. you know, like terrazzo is all over Italy, it, um, marbles all over Italy. It, it has last thousands of years. Yeah. And the mid-century. So, and the mid-century, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think if something is beautiful and timeless – even if it's in fad now, I think it can still, you know, maintain its its classicness um, a so, lot later as well. So that's that's elements, right? That's that's mm. yeah, elements in themselves. Yep. But what about the look and feel? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. So if I think of a classic style that really resonates with me, the kind of French apartment look, if you know yep, what so I mean, like from a slash, the 60s, yeah, slash yeah. industrial, correct. Yeah. Yep. But then with kind of very modern current furniture mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and even I, and that look. I tend to kind of rely on that because to me that look doesn't date, yep. but at the same time, nor is it exactly the forefront of the current fashion. And so perhaps one way of looking at it is if you want to find longevities, maybe go backwards in time and see what still feels right. Mid-century. Would, would that be yeah. right? Is that a good way of doing it? Yeah, I think it? that's probably a good way of doing it. I mean... I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with what connects with you as well, doesn't it? Mm. So, you know, like there's there's people who love mid-century. Um, there's people who love the Hamptons look. Yeah. There's people who love sort of, you know, like just that modern contemporary. Um, or 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 they go for the cottage look. I mean, yeah. you know, amazingly, you know, even though we sort of probably design with sort of like a bit of a modern mid-century bent but adjusted to – you know, today's time, we, we still have people who come and say we'd like a Hamptons kitchen, to which I go, okay, yeah. <laughs> have you seen our website? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, uh, look, I mean, th- I, I just do think that there are opportunities for lots of different things within a certain house. A Hamptons kitchen, if it suits the house, you know. We- sure. So Hamptons is a particular period. I, I don't know when it, Hamptons came well, out. Well, no, of. Hamptons is more sort of like specific to an area. So you know, around yeah. the, the Hamptons in the states, of course. Yeah, but, but that, well, that was that kind of came out into a fad at a particular time. Yeah, then with it went the away. Mo- with that movie with I think um, 
Diane Keaton movie, right? That's it. But then Passage of Time, it would have come out of fashion at some point, and now it's really come back in. Well, now, in the last 10 years, it's come back in. So that's actually a really good, interesting point because the Hampton fear, which people talk about now Mm. being a bit of a standard classic look, which has actually come back into fashion in the last 10 years, for a while, must have not been particularly in fashion, right? I don't know. Like, I think it's it's it, it's very American. I think yeah, sort yeah. of you know, like it's a particular American style with you know that kind of you know standalone stoves and and yeah. and, and you know. And Lots I think of blue if you, and white. If you have yeah. a look at a lot of them, apart from sort of obviously the um, the mid century type ones, a lot of American kitchens are kind of that look. Yeah. So clearly, it's hugely popular there. And um, and look, it suits certain looks here too, but um, but. You know, like as far as timeless goes, yes, of course. I mean, you know, there's that. But I think, you know, if you if you design in a way that is practical, the materials are long lasting. You know, the um, you know, from the stone to the two pack or the timber veneer mm-hmm. or with timber elements, um, and if you keep the color sort of to you know a minimum, um, and it, it can be easily updated by accessories and, mm-hmm. and you know, certain things like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when designing, we're always sort of struggling with, okay, what's now? But and I try not to think about what's now. I mean, there, you know, like you see, I mean, if you follow Instagram and course, you see yeah. feeds and, and all of that sort of stuff, you know, you see things that are, are beautiful, but, you know, like, and you might have already kind of thought of that like a year ago because, you know, everything that's coming out now is designed a year ago. So, you know, you have to think for us, like what, the look of what's coming out now, we actually all started designing it a year ago because yeah, the turnaround course. is that big. Yeah. You know, sometimes a year and a half if a project Again, delayed. Again, same or, as fashion. You know, you've got catwalks and then it takes yeah, a good year to circle yeah, yeah, through yeah, to yeah, commercial. Yeah. And so by the time it starts coming out, we're already yeah. thinking about the next thing, you know, like the next way to do something. So, um, yeah, the, the, the rotation is, you know, quite amazing, whereas the clients are probably just stuck on what's – now and, and you know they might send that to you as their inspo images and, and, you and you've already maybe designed five <laughs> you know <laughs> five things similar to that and you're like well let's try to move on to something else but at the same time and whilst doing all of that you still want it to be you know classic you're still mm. you know constantly analyzing every time you're, you're designing that um you know okay have i done how, how much have i seen of this have i done this in many other projects before you know sometimes clients have seen those projects before in your project and you're like oh and no, i just want just that and you're like well let's just try to you know slightly deviate from that a little bit so there's something that's individual to yeah. you as well so you know while whilst we maintain sort of like you know there's probably definitely a look that people associate with us we still try to adjust it to each client so yeah. that it's you know their personality are infused in it all. What suits them is infused in the design as well. There's a lot it's, of things to consider. Yeah. So many things to consider, you know, like their personality, how your style of design and, and they're trusting you. They're coming to you because that's what they like and, you know, they trust in your design and, and making it function for them, the budget that suits them. There's a, there's so much that yeah. that happens in the background before that, that product comes to the market, you know, yeah. comes to fruition, really. I'm conscious of the fact, too, that, you know, let's just talk about the French apartment that I mentioned to you yep. before. Yes, for example, I really love that look, but I'm also conscious of the fact that sticking that into the middle of Canberra, you know, where I live, yeah. is just not right. We, we don't have that kind of home. I live in a 60s kind of design standard, yep. you know, place. In, and, and it doesn't have the roof height. We don't yeah, have chevron right. floors. Yeah. We don't have details yep. on the on the doors, yep. It's et cetera, et cetera. We don't have those kind of open The context balcony. isn't right. Yeah. yeah. So I think probably the other aspect of it is you're also on top of all of that, 
applying some logic to the fact that we are in Canberra, a bush capital with a particular look and feel, of course, the house and where it was built, all of those things. So you're working with a lot of elements. You're kind of working from inspiration, clearly what the client likes and feels comfortable yeah. with, what's in trend, if I can call it that, for, for the time being yeah. and what might, ha- what might last and on top of it, the environment as well. So there's well, that's it. And I mean, and, yeah. and part of public working in the architect, you know, uh, you know, being all that that comes from our office is that the architecture is is lovely already. So yeah. you're dealing with you know a house that's you know we design with lots of windows and you know like a, a really you know one of the big important things to us is the connection to the landscape. Mm-hmm. So you know the joinery is also complementing what's going on outside. So you know like the vistas are lovely. So you know everything in our floor plans already designed with built-in joinery. So you're just basically going in and and you know putting your design into these spaces. So we I kind of have like a you know like a beautiful floor plan ready you know, and it, and its outlooks are lovely, yeah. you know, like it, it comes, you know, quite it lucky really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you ever work on homes that don't, we, you know so, what? so when we you do. get we asked do. just to do interior design we, work? We, we do get approached. Do off. you find that a lot harder? Cause you're working with it the limitations of. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with the limitations of other people's design. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So it does. And, and we have accepted quite a few other projects, um, you know, that, People have wanted us to do the interiors, and I've done that. And um, and you know, like you, we might suggest a few little improvements that we can. But I try, you know, to respect other people's design as well. So you know, they, it's 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 easy to go all oh, da 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 da. Um, and you know, we've changed a few things here and there. But you know, you kind of have to respect that that's another designer. There might be you know mm. reasons to why it has come to that, and and you you might say to the client was there a reason for this? And you might flip a few things around or make some upgraded suggestions and things like that. We have, um, we have, have sort of saved a couple of projects and people have switched and come over. Um, but, uh, but you know, like, but it's, it's not what we're trying to do. No. We're, we're just trying to sort of get in there and, and get the best result from interior design perspective. But, um, but, I have to say, obviously, doing our own is a lot easier. Yeah, and, and and part of our whole process is that everything's in-house. So if there's something I'm not happy about that, you know, once we project the floor plan up and, you know, I don't like that window or I want to lift that window, everything can be done there. So, like, it really is just a matter of just clicking into another drawing and adjusting the heights. And there's no backwards and forwards going between one office to the other. And, I mean, and look, and that works fine for a lot of people. I mean, there's plenty of um, interior design practices that, strictly do that and take care of all of that but just from our personal point of view we, we love that everything's in-house of course because then everything's so just integrated. everything's just easy yeah. smooth it's yeah. it's literally about just talking to the person behind you to yeah. the architects and going why did you do that let's do this or you know or they'll say you know i've done i've changed this and it's yeah you know it's very collaborative mm, that, that would be fun one thing i was going to ask you is about clients that you work with and is it easier um to work with someone who's got a very certain idea of what it is that they want and you're essentially then working to that or is it worse or better to have a client who's got <laughs> oh. no idea and just says look yeah. i don't know just make it pretty and yeah. functional which do you prefer which one's easier oh, that's such a tough question um <laughs> I mean, I know that most people are you in know, the middle, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got to be careful here, don't I? Um, it's such a tough question because, you know what, both can work really, really well. Um, you know, if they have a bit of an idea, they can probably be a little bit more bold. Right. So you can, um, 
you can have a little bit of fun. So you, you, you know, you seriously, interior design is about psychology. So, mm. you know, you're designing for someone. It's, 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 it's an intimate thing. So, you know, it's their house. They're going to be living in it. And so you really kind of from meeting with them, you, you've got to try to get a sense of what they like. And so you're designing based on that. So it's, it's sort of in one way, it's easy to know a bit of what they like because then you can really focus in. You're not kind of going, well, do you think they're going to like this or do you think they're going to like that? Um, getting a sense of what they like is is quite good. Some of them are, are very heavily one way or, or, you know, quite involved. And, you know, like it, it really just depends how much their ideas have already formulated. But you don't, and, you don't find that be, though, right? I mean, presumably... Like, most of the clients yeah. will say... Please just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Like, you know, we, you know, yes, we like this, we prefer this. And, you know, I might ask a couple of specific questions and then just from the sense of them and the sense of the house, you kind of just know which way to go. It's, it's a hard thing to describe and it's quite a process before you tackle into someone's house. You sort of really kind of have to tap into your creativity. And then once you start with the 3D, you know, like that, the creativity, you sort of think, oh my gosh, how am I going to start this project? And then it just kind of pulls out. You know, like it just sort of happens and, and you always think, how am I going to do the next one? It just always does. It's almost like, you know, I don't know if you ever did art at school or anything and you're looking at a blank piece of paper sure <laughs> and you kind of think, how am I going to get that product at the end? And then once you start, you just, I don't know, you just go into that zone and that's sort of how it feels, But you know, beginning of every job. And then sort of you start exploring and, and you know, the more that they do give you some of a sense of them, the better you are at sort of just, you know, designing something for them. So, I mean, I'm dealing sort of we've just been finishing designing for a designer at the moment and she's a furniture designer, um, you know, she's fantastic and, um, you know, very successful and she's got, you know, very strong ideas of what she likes and, and you know, like she, she'll, you know, say, oh, you know, I like this idea and, and it's sort of like we're collaborating with her mm -hmm. to an extent because, um, you know, she has some strong ideas of what she wants and then we're just sort of, finessing it to what we think does work yeah. in the space so but she would speak your language as well That's, she does yeah. she does so you know and so she's interested in color and we're interested in you know constantly saying to her now remember that like it's got to still you know like be part of your identity because some you know because every person who deals with a house always goes i love this but then i'm always wondering is it going to be timeless you know, yeah. like back to that question yeah. again. So everyone, you know, because it's a, a lot of money, it's a big commitment and people sort of worry that, oh, they love it so much, but oh, is it going to outdate? Like it's obviously the classic question, is that going to be outdated yeah. in two or three years? And, um, and, and of course, we take that into consideration and, and then you just try to minimise, you know, what is going to be really outdated and what isn't and, and you know, what colours are going to be, you know, like really done and what, can really sit in a space and actually still work for a long time. Mm. So the neutrals, but with color. Um, so, so, you know, like, I don't know. I like both. Yeah. I think sometimes yeah. it's great that, you know, people just leave it to you, but a bit of guidance is nice because you want their personality to come through and you don't want to be sort of going down one road and, and then just them going, Oh, that's completely not what I had in <laughs> mind. And I, I don't think we've, don't, we have, that's never happened yet. Um, but because we do try to, you know, have an understanding and to a certain point, I guess they have a certain expectation because they've come to us and they've seen our 
what yeah. we do. So oh, of course, that's the other side of it. Actually, the, the psychology aspect of it is really interesting. So I just wanted to explore that a little bit more mm. in order to understand somebody from a psychological perspective. You're kind of looking at their values, the belief systems, yeah. you know, the nurture versus nurture stuff and so forth. In terms of interior design, what are you looking for from a psychological perspective? Is it is it the responses that the people might have, say, to particular things like mm. fabrics, colors, all that kind of stuff? Is it more about the way they want to feel when they come home? Is it more about the Different. function? Which, in other words, what I'm trying but, to figure yeah. out is like, what do you ask to try to get those elements that give you an insight which you can then use yeah. for interior design purposes? I mean, to sound, it's, well, it's, it's um, terribly superficial to start with, but I guess it's, it's just about like that visual. Yep. You know, like what is going to trigger that kind of feel of, oh, I'm home, I'm happy, I'm relaxed, I'm in my space and um, I love what I see. I'm not going to get I'm, – I'm just not sick of what I'm seeing. Mm. So, you know, we're, we're, and then obviously form and function. It's, it's the yeah. whole form and function versus each other all the time. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's just tapping into – you know, what kind of material, you know, like what materiality will suit this person, you know, and colour, you know, obviously, you know, the colours, the colours of the cabinetry, all of that sort of stuff. And the, and then sort of the form and design, handles, no handles, like little tiny touches of detail because, you know, we, we go heavy in the detail with our design because, you know, we like little elements of combining materials, you know, the timber yeah. with the stone and all of that sort of stuff. So, and there are certain people who just love detail. So you know that like just even opening a handle or opening a cupboard mm. and, and just seeing that little of, bit of yeah. shadow line that's different from the bed, you know, like that sort of stuff. So some people just respond so much to that sort of stuff. So that's also part of, you know, like understanding how much, de- you know, like deeply invested people are in design because, you know, most of the time people come in are, are a couple, mm. a family, a young family, middle-aged family. And not everyone's always obviously responds to the same thing. So, you you know, you've, you've got um, people who want more practicality and couldn't care less how it looks and the yep. other one is all about how it looks and, yes, practicality. And, then you've got a- <laughs> and, yes, practicality is important too but, you know, like, and then you've just – and that is also part of the psychology, making sure everyone has a win. Yeah, <laughs> so, then you've got to be nice know, and diplomatic by yeah, finding exactly, solutions. You've got to be very diplomatic about finding solutions but also knowing, you know, obviously – putting forward your experience of what it should be, but making sure that both parties are happy with that result as well. So, you know, like, yeah, we're constantly sort of dealing with that sort of thing. But at the same time, you know, like we would probably be quite, no, I wouldn't say forceful, but the clients probably will say I'm very opinionated. Um, but You're encouraging, but, that's no, what the word No, 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 like it, it's kind of being relatively balanced until it's really like, no, 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 that is definitely a big mistake. I think, you know, don't do that. Mm. You know, I think this definitely will work better and, and just from experience. And, um, and, and you know, and the importance and, and with every family, the importance of how materials are going to last. So, I mean, that's the thing about the fad thing that we are talking about earlier as well. Uh, we need – we can't just design for what's in now because that is that material – you know, long, no. does it have longevity? You know, like we have to design for things to last. They need to be able to be um, sort of handled by families and kids. And, and, you know, we obviously have to take all of that into consideration as well, timber floor, concrete flooring, you know, what's going to stay and what's not going to stay. So we, we have to go through so, yeah. so many elements that, um, that you know, we 
we do want to go with the tried and tested things yep. to a certain point because we don't want to just pop on this, you know, fancy little fad thing on a client because it looks good, but we don't quite know how that's going to work or yeah. we don't quite know how it's going to last. Um, not to say that, you know, like they don't have their place. But. Yeah, definitely. Actually, just the psychological thing again, we're talking about the fact that, you know, if you get into the mindset of the couple uh, or mm. even individual, whoever it is, and by that, you know, like I said, that gives you all the clues you need in order to kind of work out what they do and don't like and kind of build yep. things from there. Have you ever, and don't name any names, <laughs> no. but have you ever had <laughs> clients who you realised aren't actually thinking or not letting you into themselves and, and they're not really thinking about themselves but rather how those who come over will perceive? In other yeah. words, they're almost building their house for other people. But I'm wondering, do you find that some clients come in talking about the way things are perceived to an external audience rather than themselves? You know what? I, I don't think I necessarily have. I mean, maybe that's sort of considered more from uh, – they might say, look, we entertain a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I need – but but still, even when it's entertaining a lot, they'll be like, well, I need this space, so we need to be able to sit this amount of people around a table. We need – and that really usually is more reflective. That's function in again. Function. Yeah. You know, like the size of the room, the size that it can fit a large table. And, and they're still thinking about how the kitchen's going to work for them. So I, I can't say that there's too many people that have, have really sort of thought about it from what will – I mean, of course, they care about what, you know, people yeah. will think of their house. It's, of you know, a point of pride. Um, and, you know, like certainly like a powder room <laughs> seems to be the one room where people <laughs> consider other people. Like I have to say that's the one room where it's like, well, that, you know, we don't mind the powder room being a little bit sort of more more showy because that's the one bathroom that, you know, yep. a guest might go and use. Um, but generally, um, yeah, I think they still sort of can imagine themselves mm. into the space. And the whole process is about the individual being able to imagine themselves into in their home yeah. and, you know, how that's going to function. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, like maybe some people prefer to have, you know, they think of it as a show home and, mm. and what other people will think. But I think most of our clients are just really about, that's great. you know, they care about their family and, and you know, their immediate family and, and, of course, friends coming over. But they really, you know, have stretched themselves to, you know, to get to this point of being able to build this beautiful house and having this whole design process and it's really important to them and yeah. and they're savouring the process and, yeah. That's exciting. Trying to make it as smooth as possible for them. Yeah, and, it's, and it must be very exciting. At least I think that the fact that you get this very – deep personal connections with people in this process yeah. is probably the most exciting You get invested, part. definitely. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, the only reason that I mentioned that, that commentary about, you know, have you met people who are kind of thinking more about others than themselves? Mm. I, I mean, I'm sure that those who build and design a home specifically with the idea of sale, so they're never actually going to be living there themselves. Is, yeah. No, that, that's a standard conversation because clearly they're thinking, what will other people be impressed well, by in order want? to buy their yeah, property? Exactly. But that's different, so I, yeah. I get that. And there's one or two projects that are like that. Um, but yeah, you know, like there might be sort of like due occupancies that we've yep. done in the past that have done like that. And, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, Paul has done projects himself that are, you know, um, you know, for resale, yep. but, um, but generally most of them are just, you know, it's a family home. Yeah. Um, Which is the lovely part of it. Yeah. And, and, and that's probably why I'm, you know, like, and most of us who work in the office are really pro-residential architecture because yep. we love that. Yeah, have you worked on um, corporate offices? And stuff we, like that? Look, we do. Um, 
we do more boutique offices. So, you know, we've done a few, a couple of medical offices and, um, and, you know, there's, and, you know, like we've done sort of like a, um, a timber showroom in, in Kingston, Mm -hmm. uh, Lakewood. And, um, you know, we do, do small boutique and they're fun. I love, I love them because, you know, like they're, they've got such a short turnaround time to design and get out that, um, you know, those little insertions of those projects is, is great. And, um, you know, we've just recently done creations jewelers Mm -hmm. as well. We've just done a refurb of that. And, um, and that was that was lovely. I mean, I used to work there, you know, quite a few years ago. Oh, so that's right. We got was, a connection there. Yeah, Remember we spoke about that's this. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. So it was kind yeah. of like a nice full circle moment. Yeah. Um, you know, so to 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 redesign that that uh, the showroom. So it's yeah, but no, I quite we quite like doing those small. Mind you, that's a family business. Projects. So it I'm presuming is. you kind of did almost plug yourself a little bit psychologically into that one. Oh, I know. I know yeah. that, like they're you know yeah. we're very close. But, so. but what about? doing offices that don't have that in other words you're essentially doing it for you know a corporate organization rather than individual yeah, but you know what yeah so not we're, we're probably haven't really done so much for big corporate you know certainly not the interior design so yeah even you know to a doctor's office it is still deeply personal to them mm-hmm. so you know like we've just um completed a couple and and you know it's really talking to them their sole practitioners or and and you know how how they want their offices laid out and and a lot of offices now are wanting that more residential feel. They don't want to feel sterile. Um, and so, you know, that's why they're probably coming to interior designers, maybe from a residential bent. So it's just to get that, um, that feel that, you know, uh, patients can come in, feel relaxed, feel like they're at home um, and, and not feel like they're sort of in a, a waiting time is not an issue if you're sitting in a nice office. Psychology is important with a home, right? And I mean, and I guess after the last two and a half years of COVID, people are more connected to their, their, their home than ever. So, Mm. you know, I mean, the building industry has gone nuts. The, you know, the architectural (laughs) and like we've, you know, everyone's busy and, um, and that's because obviously no one's traveling. Everyone's spent a lot of time at home. They're, they're seeing, you know, where they need to improve or, you know, or future proof for later. Um, and yeah, psychology is an important part of, of everything. And, um, and you know, how, how home makes us feel, I think is an important thing. I mean, and, and that doesn't mean it has to be a big flashy home, like anything from a small apartment up to sort of like a, you know, multi-million dollar home can be made to suit you and, and your budget and, and what your needs are. Mm. And, you know, and you can still do something to it that makes you connect to it. Yeah, I remember talking to um, uh, Yanni Fkapidis for the Malongo yep. Group. Yep. He said this nice thing to me when I asked him why is it that he loves doing, and he's a he's a developer, right? Yeah, but but he's got very but you know he's that got whole an eye. group yeah. that have a great eye. They have definitely they, have so. an eye. And the thing that he said to me is that the thing that he loves most about it is not so much the building itself, but rather the idea of how is it that we as human beings interact or deal with a particular space yeah. or interact in or deal with a particular space. And it was interesting because when, when you started thinking about that, he's again talking about the social movement or the psychology yeah. of people and then a space. And he said, I love the idea that in, in many, many years, he goes, I might not even be around by then. But that, that is still creating an effect for someone. And now we're talking about a developer talking about yeah. massive buildings Whilst our conversation here is about individuals, you know, making yeah. things, but we know that the connection is still the same. It's about how people interact in spaces. Absolutely, and yeah, and, yeah. and, and that's the interesting about you know, obviously, architecture and interior design. It's, it's yeah, we're constantly thinking about how that person's going to be interacting in the space, how they're going to live, 
how they're going to function, you know, like the happiness that they might feel, you know, catching a glimpse out into mm. the into the garden, how their kids relate into the space, how they can come together in certain spaces and, and you know, and have their own private space, you know, private time when they need to. So, yeah. you know, it, it's all, I mean, obviously we're biased, <laughs> we're into design, sure. but, you know, I think. It, it's just extremely important that we're comfortable where we are and, yeah. and, um, and you know, we're happy with where we live. Can, can I put if, it to you that way? If we're lucky enough to, you know, have, have, have a place to live in. Exactly, so. and then lucky enough to be able to do something to exactly. it. Exactly. Um, well, can I put it to you this way? I mean, when I speak of why is it that I kind of love what I do, it's because design and, and in many ways the way it then moves into kind of interior design and uh, even things like marketing and so forth. Yeah. It's all about pretty much communications, human communications with something. Yes, that's um, right. And so those of us who are thinking about a career in interior design probably have to know that it's actually a lot about psychology and human beings, less almost than about materials and things. That's, that's almost it. like the secondary, that's almost yeah. the tools of the yeah, trade. Yeah, because it's the start. Like, yeah. I mean, the psychology of human nature yeah. is pretty much the start of any design process. It's like... Why do you want that space? Mm. You know, why do you want this to work this way? Um, of course, the aesthetics of it is, is you know, like the next thing. But first you have to understand how they want to use that space. What, you know, it's all the functioning mm. of, of um, you know, what what's going to trigger joy out of someone. So, um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it is important. And, you know, like it can seem probably a little bit frivolous and um, – but I think – it just like, I mean, you know, I can argue about clothes and all of that sort of stuff as well. I mean, I think if you're sort of into design and you're into aesthetics, you, you like all aspects of design, yeah. you know, whether it's graphics or whether it's, you know, fashion. Um, I think everything has a valid um, place in the world if it triggers happiness out of you, mm. you know, like. So, I mean, I think, you know, to me, the interior part is, you know. <laughs> I think the most important part of the design aspect, but I love all sorts of designs. So, and yeah. and I think you know whatever joy anyone bring, you know whatever tickles yeah. your fancy from whichever level of design, um, you know it doesn't make you a um, certainly you know it doesn't make you a shallow person in this world. <laughs> Not at all. Um, you know it's just one aspect of you. Um, you know, like people who are I think into design are also very interested in and care about the world. Mm. in different ways so yeah i agree and we tend to be quite sensitive to it all too and look there's a reason why they're saying home is where the heart is that saying exists for a very good reason um and you might have only one thing in your home but you know it can be just an object that you just love so much that you only just need that and it actually makes you happy Mm. it could just be down to one simple thing really actually that reminds me um i went to the home of Sharon Pitsilos, who is the owner of the Emporium, you know, the designer op shop Emporium. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And the conversation that I had with her was around vintage things. Mm. And I said, you know, with someone that has as much choice as you, how do you know what to take home? And she said, it always comes down to the same thing. You pick one thing that really speaks to mm. you, that becomes a central piece in your home or yeah. where you'd like to see it often or, and so yeah. forth. Or what you like to wear. Yeah. And then you build things around yeah. it. And you do. it doesn't become noise because essentially you're not choosing everything. You're choosing the thing that speaks to you. I think, you know, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? Like we're all <laughs> we're all just about joy right now. And um and I think after the last couple of years, uh, you know, I know it's such a common saying, isn't it, the last couple of years, but it's you know, I think it hopefully has made people tap into what does make them happy. Yeah. And, um, and you know, because I think 
psychologically, I think the world's changed a lot as well. And, um, and I think people hopefully, you know, can sort of just understand that, you know, it doesn't actually take that much to make you happy. You can actually be homebound yeah. and create your own happiness. And, um, and, you know, hopefully we can all go back and be social human beings like we, and, you know, and we are surely. obviously starting yep. to do that slowly, mm. but surely, but, um, but then also understand that you can come home and you can just be in your own little space and, best and, of both worlds. and have the best of both worlds yeah. and, and yeah, know what, what actually makes you happy. Tell me about how you got here. We've probably got about, I don't know, 15 minutes in the conversation. Oh. Um, you didn't start off in interior design, is that right? No, no. Yeah, so I, tell uh, me about I, that journey because I'm sure people are interested. <laughs> in oh, gosh. It's, um, well, no, I, uh, after I finished school, I, you know, the 90s, we all, you know, went to university and I started doing an arts degree at ANU. So I was majoring in politics mm-hmm. and history, which I'm still very interested in all those subjects and, and I loved doing it. But, I mean, I honestly always wanted to be interior designer. So I um, I even did sort of a, um, you know, work experience in interior design during school. But um, I re- actually really wanted to apply to go to RMIT but I didn't want to leave Canberra. Like I, I just, I don't know. I, my friends were going to ANU. I just wasn't in that place where I kind of wanted to just go on my own and um, and actually know no one. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I did that, and um, I went to ANU, and I took a little gap year to, to save up to travel. And um, subsequently, you know, my friend Nat, um, her family owns Creations, said, "Come and work with us. You know, we'll do des- jewelry design, and it'll be just, you know, it'll be fun." And so I sort of started doing that, and I was always intending to go back and finish. Like honestly. You know, don't tell my children. Happy <laughs> <laughs> they're like, listening to this. More than two thirds into my degree, and then I was just like, you know what? I don't think I will go back and finish that arts degree because what am I going to do with it? I, I you know, I love it as as a as as a degree to study, but I just couldn't see myself in any kind of role. I, I needed to do something creative, and mm-hmm. so creations was something very creative at the time. And you know, we sort of were involved in quite a lot of jewelry design. It was smaller, and and you know, there was a bit of an expansion to sort of like opening a store in America. So it was a fun time and working with my best friend, and so it was really good. And um, you know, I I also dabbled in children's wear later as well but um I mean I guess my journey is kind of my um my, my husband got very sick and he passed away he you know got cancer and and um after that I it was all about just sort of keeping my kids happy and yep. you know that's speaking of the psychology making sure everyone was okay mm-hmm. and um I went back and worked at creations again just as a sort of you know like a I think it was just, you know, to be able to see people and um, and sort of getting out of that, you know, kind of like that horrible sadness that you do feel for a while. And, um, yeah, so it was it was sort of a really nice and welcoming space and just sort of being with friends and, and still being creative and, and sort of just getting through day to day. But um, sort of, you know, a couple of years down the track, I, I did meet Paul, and um, who's obviously an architect, and, you know, we – I've always been obviously into interior design and, and kind of he knew that as well. And, and you know, like I'd sit and watch him sort of do drawings and, you know, make comments about all the different spaces. And um, my kids were sort of quite young, but, you know, they were getting a little bit older and it was just a sort of like I remember we sort of came back from overseas and, and you know, full credit to Paul. He was like, you know, what do you really want to do? And I said, look, if I could do it because, you know, if there was no limitations, mm. I said, well, I would probably just go back and 
full, do full-time study. But it's really hard when you've got a couple of young children to think, oh, my God, can I just, like, stop work for a couple of years and, and actually go and back to studying? And, um, and I, but I did. And I kind of literally decided within a couple of weeks and, and sort of went and studied, yep. studied full-time, you know, Honestly, it was harder than uni. <laughs> but, you know, like I, I went to CIT and, yep. um, you know, and did two years full time. Uh, oh, was the degree called interior design? Or? It was, yeah, it was an yep. interior design, you know, it was an advanced diploma. Yep. And, um, and you know, like I kind of was debating, do I, you know, do it at Canberra Uni? Do I do CIT? Mm-hmm. And um, I've spoke to a couple of sort of architects and they actually said that, you know, if you want a practical degree, CIT is it. Like it really teaches you to kind of be a little bit industry ready. And I guess probably because I, you know, when you're sort of older, you probably have a lot of understanding of furniture. Like you have a lot of understanding of design spaces. You've got that life experience as well. So having something that's actually, you know, um, kind of like a practical degree was really quite appealing as well. And, um, but you know, like I look, I finished that and, um, and kind of pretty much started working with Paul. I didn't necessarily intend that we were going to work together, but kind of did happen. Yep. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> we probably obviously have our moments, but we, uh, the collaboration I think has been really good and, you know, like it's been really enjoyable. Um, and, you know, I think sort of, Hopefully we've produced some good work and, um, and you know, I've sort of really enjoyed the process. So, um, but yeah, I actually, I forgot to mention <laughs> that actually part of, sorry, when, when I actually decided to go back and study, I myself, um, got cancer. <laughs> so, yeah. And, um, and so it was kind of a, what was one of those life changing moments as well, where it was like, Oh, good Lord. You know, like I had a second chance and, um, and, it's now really time to sort of go, okay, what do you want to do? You know, like if nothing was, you know, there were, there were no limitations. And, and once you actually make that choice, you actually find that things kind of work. I obviously had a supportive, you know, I had supportive parents, um, supportive in-laws who sort of helped out with the kids. The kids were a bit older and they were just, you know, like I just remember coming home, you know, cooking dinner and then just like assignments sprawled all over the dining room table. Um, and, you know, like it's sort of a couple of years. It's it's quite an intense thing to be doing. A, des- a design degree is intense mm. and um, was an intense thing to do with a couple of kids, but lots of people have done it. And, um, and yeah, no, it was probably the best thing I did. And, mm. and you know, I just I, – I do love what I do, so. Yeah, it's almost like what I'm hearing out of that is sometimes – when your heart and your mind is set to something, the best thing you can do is it's actually time, just, yeah. just start. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. And the other, the other aspect of it is we shouldn't be afraid of our own potential. A, a lot of us will talk ourselves out of the things we possibly could do. Yeah. And, and interestingly, out of fear. exactly. Yeah. Or, or limitations. Limitations. Well, you know, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and life and the things that happen. But the truth is, if you really, really, really want something, um, th- there is ways of probably getting in there. That, that's but it. just whatever you do, don't talk yourself out of your exactly. own potential. You, anyone can it. talk and you can talk yourself yeah. out of anything, can't you? I mean, if you if you tried hard enough, you could say, well, that's just too hard. That's not possible. How can I do that? But um, but sometimes if you sort of start just going, okay, well, it, I am going to do it. And then mm. you just really just start, you just find that it actually does, can it can fall into place. If you um, If you know what you know now and – would you have still done the university degree in the politics and so forth? Or yeah, do you think you would have gone straight into interior design? You know what? I, I've, I've thought about that all the time, actually. And, um, and I think that, in a, in a way, I actually like it the way I've done it. Mm. 
because even though I, you know, I, I sort of had, you know, those few years of not working in the design industry, I think in a lot of ways it's, there's more benefit coming into it with more knowledge about how actually houses work or function by having your own house or, you know, like and, and understanding furniture and understanding, you know, objects and things like yeah. that. Like you just kind of know. Back to the life experience. Back, back yeah. to the life experience helps you know how to put things together. And, um, and obviously sometimes it's just sometimes people know it or they don't, don't. I mean, you know, like you have taste or you don't have taste. Like sometimes people can learn those things and sometimes people have it intuitively. Um, I, I would never not have done my arts degree because I actually loved it. So, you know, like it's a great thing to study. It just sort of makes you a, I th- I'm an advocate for education. So the more education, the better. The more different types yeah. of education, the better. I think it, it makes you a more well-rounded person. It might not be the career you have, but it, might it certainly be, broadens exactly, your mind. Exactly. It broadens your mind and yeah. broadens your horizon and actually broadens your ability to converse with your clients as well mm. because, I mean, that's also part of, you know, the thing about it, you know, like being a designer and, and having to deal with clients is you have to be able to talk about to them about yeah. lots of different things and have lots of different interests. And, um, yes, primarily you're a designer and, you know, you're obviously you're always thinking about how something looks or works or functions, but, um, you know, you need to have a good understanding of lots of other things as well and travel to understand and have different life experiences because that all formulates your design as well. So. No, I love that advice. I, I mean, the reason that I asked that question is it's very easy to kind of look back upon life and go, I could have done that a little bit different. It would have been a little bit more efficient. But the yeah. truth is there's a benefit out of all roads that we take, including Absolutely. ones that might seem a little bit incorrect. Yeah. And we sometimes won't know the effect of that or the benefit of that till much later in life. That's it. Um, so... I think it's best to not have any regrets, right? No, exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, your life journey is, is, you know, like a path that makes you the person you are today. So if you're enjoying your life today and you're having some, you know, success or you're enjoying your job, then everything that you've done has led to this point. So it, it can't be that wrong, can it? Mm. So, yeah, and yeah, and, you know, maybe, yes, I could have shortcutted, um, you know, and started the design process earlier. Yeah. But I feel like I went in doing it with some idea of, how to do it um i had to learn the practical side of it and you know how to execute it mm. but um but you know would i have known it you know as an 18 year old fresh going in like i probably yeah. would have struggled a lot with with confidence yeah. and backing my own you know ideas and you would have or found ways of getting there but it's just it's just a different yeah exactly road. you know yeah. you might have spent the next 10 years gaining confidence or something yeah. like that but yeah. um but I think you probably can back yourself more as an as you know as I think, an adult. I think it's encouraging, and I mean, not everybody that's listening to this podcast all of a sudden wants to change their careers no. and want to go into interior design. But whatever it is that you want to it do, is. it that's is right. possible to do that later in life. And actually, in fact, that can be quite beneficial because you can take all the learnings from the things you've done before yeah. and apply it to, to the yeah. new direction. And I think probably interior design is one of those things where um, a lot of people sort of go. That they start in one certain job and, and, you know, I think you'll find lots of people coming in at it from a different stage, um, you know, f- from not enjoying that part of their job. And, you know, look, so many of us come out of school and, and you know, with this, well, we need to go to university and, and so many people can't decide, have no idea what they're going to do. So they go for a very general degree. And they find the themselves, case, yeah. And they yeah, find themselves that way or, you know, um, but, you know, the nice thing is uh, I didn't go to RMIT, but my daughter's down there studying now. <laughs> She's gone to RMIT. She's doing another type of design, but it's like, well, someone else is having that journey earlier. Yeah, you can live through that. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, well, look, we're kind of at the end. So the only thing I was going to say as a bit of a, a funny note, you said at the very beginning, you know, I asked you what, what you say to people at a party. And when people kind of figure out your own interior designer, they usually tend to say, hey, listen, so anyway, I've got this couch. What do you think? <laughs> it's kind of funny because I'm presuming that people who are GPs, when they go to a party and people figure out their GPs, automatically go, hey, listen, when I do this, it hurts. And like, I'm trying to enjoy. What's this lump on my yeah, neck? <laughs> this is okay. But, you know, it's funny. I realized that the first time I met you when I did the home story, which was quite some time ago, and I walked into this very room that we're sitting in right now. And I was like staring up at your couches thinking, what is this? And you said, oh, it's Jardin, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And don't worry, I sponged that up as well. And then contacted you what, a year later and said, hey, I'm looking at these couches. What do you think of this one? And which you, which you helped me get, which was awesome. So I guess the joke in that is that it's very true. Well, look, But you probably enjoy it, right? Tell me no, you enjoy oh, it. I love furniture. I love furniture anyway. So, you know, it's, it's like, it's not that I'm not interested in that at all. And um, I'm happy to flush, fluff a cushion every now and then. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, look, thank you very much for the chat. I think it was really insightful. I loved kind of getting into your brain about your work, but also the talking in the end a little bit about the process of how you got to here in the first instance. Because I think, A, I don't think many people will know that, but two, I think it's probably very encouraging for a lot of people who want to make decisions that will change their lives. Absolutely. Do it if you can. Exactly. Anyway, lovely speaking to you. Lovely. Thanks, Ashley. So that was Vanessa Howes and I talking about interior design and her life and everything in that sphere. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, if you have thoughts on other people I should speak to, then please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, you can reach me at Behind the Bio Podcast on Instagram or Ashley underscore Farod at Outlook.com. I really love hearing from you all. And if you found this interesting and you think somebody else would, then please share the podcast with them. That is the way it grows. Again, I'd like to thank Coordinate Group for being the legends they are and allowing me to run this podcast for so many years now. And I hope you can join me at the next episode of Behind the Bio.